1: The Christian life is one of constant growth. Listen, you don't reach some
0: plateau where you know it all. There's no cruise control in the healthy Christian life. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the importance of pressing forward in our walk with God.
1: As Christian realizes, there's always so much to learn. And you know, there's so much in your life that needs to still change as you're transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. This
0: is the day we... I found have been in that unenviable position of losing traction in their car, on a muddy road, in the sand or in the snow. The secret weapon for times like that is often a four-wheel drive. So what's the secret weapon for those times when we lose traction in our walk with God? Pastor Greg Laurie will answer that here on A New Beginning today as he brings us a practical message called How to Never Stumble or Fall. It's wise counsel for those of us wrestling with a sin nature.
1: Not that long ago, I, I have a friend. He said, "Let's go for a walk." His name is Paul. He's much more fit than I am. Uh, I try to get out and walk every day for maybe thirty minutes or so, but. Paul likes to take longer walks. I said, where are we going? He said, I'm going to take you to a really amazing lake. Okay. So we started our walk and I noticed a lot of it is going up. I'm on the incline and, and you know, I hit the 30 minute mark. I said, I'm getting pretty tired here, Paul. Uh, maybe we should head back. He goes, no, it's just a little further. Now we're at an hour. And my little Apple Watch is moving away. You know the little apps going. So I'm going, well I'm making progress here. Okay, now I'm getting a bit fatigued because we're at an hour and 20 minutes. And I said, how much further is it? He said, just right up here. The lake, we're almost there. So I see someone coming in the opposite direction. I said, excuse me, is there a lake up there? They said, oh yeah, way up there. I'm like, oh no. So said, I'm going back. He's, "Greg, great, come on. You're going to love this lake. So I finally made it to the top. And I came to the lake. Honestly it was more of a pond than a lake. I was a little disappointed. Then we began the journey back. So when it was all said and done I walked six miles. Now that's not a lot for some of you freaks. No. For some some of you who are more fit. But for me that was a long walk. But you know what? We all need a guy like Paul in our life that pushes us forward. Because we get discouraged. We think I can't go on another step. I'm worn out. I'm done. And it's good to have a Christian friend that's saying you can go further. You can do more. Let me help you. Let me encourage you. So I hope you have that person in your life. And I hope you are that person in someone else's life because sometimes we find ourselves going the wrong direction fast. Because if you are not moving forward in your relationship with Christ, you are naturally going backwards. You are either going this way or you are going that way. But there is no standing still in the Christian life. One way you know you are going in the wrong direction is when you question Scripture. Let me put it another way. You know you are going the wrong way if you are challenging Scripture. It is not bad to question Scripture you're gonna come up across passages that don't make sense to you. And you can find someone that's been reading the Bible for a while or talk to a pastor and they can give you clarification. But there's a difference between that and challenging Scripture where you come to a verse and you say, well, I don't like what that verse says because I've chosen to live this way and I don't want to do what the Bible says. Now that's a different matter altogether. Someone once asked me a few years ago, uh, if you come to a passage in the Bible you don't agree with, what do you do? My answer was, change your opinion. You are wrong. <laughs> right? I mean is the Bible the Word of God or not? <clears throat> so we don't adapt the Bible to our lifestyle. We adapt our lifestyle to the Bible. And understand that this is God's inspired Word that He has given to us. But This goes back to the temptation of Adam and Eve in the garden. The devil came to them, and what did he really say? He said, Did God really say what you thought he said? You can eat of any tree, including this one right here, because in the day you eat, you'll become like a God, knowing good and evil. (laughs) Eve, check it out. You'll be a goddess, girl. Adam, listen, you're gonna be a deity. Forget what God said. God doesn't know what he's talking about. Listen to me. I'm telling you the truth. I'm completely sincere (laughs) in what I'm saying. You can trust me. That's a snake reference if you're missing it. (laughs) And they did trust him. And we're all paying the price because of it. Point number two, a true believer may stumble, but they will ultimately return to God. And if they do not return to God, then they never were really a true believer. Again, a true believer may stumble, but they will ultimately return to God. If they do not return to God, then they were never really a true believer. Now you're probably aware that I've I've written a book called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. You're thinking, Greg, why did you write a book about him? Well, I've always been fascinated with Johnny Cash. I've always liked his music. To me, he's kind of a... Uh, a sound all his own. No one is really like him, and he's not really like anybody else. But I grew up thinking I was related to Johnny Cash. And as it turns out, my uh, grandmother's maiden name was Fowler Cash. And she was from a city in Arkansas not far from where Johnny Cash was born. So maybe I'm a distant, distant cousin, you know. But I was aware of him way, way back. And then when I became a Christian I realized that Johnny Cash was a Christian as well. And of course he sang at many Billy Graham crusades. But uh, he was the man in black. He was called by some the godfather of cool. Uh, Another called him the voice of America. Chris Christopherson who knew Cash well said he was like Abraham Lincoln with a wild side. But Johnny got himself into a lot of trouble. And Johnny struggled with uh, drug use and drinking and other things throughout his life. And it was uh, there were a lot of up and downs. But he had a deep faith in Christ. Johnny once said, uh, quote, Sometimes I am two people. Johnny is the nice one. And Cash causes all my trouble. They fight. Well Isn't that like a lot of us? Don't we have the dual natures that are constantly fighting? Certainly Simon Peter had it. Because his name was Simon and Jesus gave him a new name which was Peter which means rock. He didn't have a new name for all the disciples but he had a new one for Simon. Here's your new name buddy. You're the rock. That's pretty cool. Now Simon didn't always act like a rock. He out got himself into trouble. But Simon caused him all the trouble. And Peter was the good one, if you will. In fact, it was uh, Simon Peter that told us that if we do certain things, we'll never stumble or fall. In his second epistle, uh, he writes, second Peter one 3, God has given us through his divine power everything we need for godly living. And then he tells us we must have faith and to our faith we must add moral excellence and to our moral excellence we must add knowledge. And to our knowledge we must add endurance and love for others. And then he says, if we do these things we'll never stumble or fall. He goes on to say, if you do these things you'll never fall away. And God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So here is what Peter saying. The Christian life is one of constant growth. Listen. You don't reach some plateau where you know it all. The moment you think you know it all, you probably know a lot less than you think you know. A wise Christian, a smart Christian, a growing Christian realizes there's always so much to learn. Right? And you know there's so much in your life that needs to still change as you're transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And who better to tell us about this than Simon Peter?
0: Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California. He's offering some important counsel today from Simon Peter, counsel on avoiding backsliding, on staying on track with our walk with God. It's a message of forgiveness called How to Never Stumble or Fall.
1: Simon Peter, he's famous for his legendary faux pas where he said things he shouldn't have said And he's also very well known for the fact that he openly denied the Lord, not once, not twice, but three times. So I wanna look for a few moments in the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of John at the steps that led to Peter's fall and how he got back up again. And I think in these steps we'll learn about things we want to try to avoid. And before we come to our first passage, let me sort of set the scene Uh, here in Luke 22. Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. He's headed to the cross. He's told them he's headed to the cross. He's gonna break bread with them and tell them to do this in remembrance of him. But before that, he has a fascinating conversation with Simon Peter, Luke 22, verse 31. Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. And when you have repented and turned to me again, you will strengthen your brothers. Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. Jesus said, Let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning you will deny three times that you even knew me. Put yourself in Peter's sandals for a moment. You're just hanging out with Jesus. He's not his normal jubilant self. He seems very serious, very intense. And then he turns to you and uses your name twice. Paul, Paul. Kathy, Kathy. Greg, Greg. Cindy, Cindy. I. Uh, Satan has been asking that you be taken out of the care and protection of God. Would that freak you out if Jesus said that to you? Freak me out. And it's interesting that he says Satan has been asking for you. Sometimes he'll say, you know, the devil's been really hassling me lately. The devil's been tempting me. I seriously doubt most of us listening to this message have been tempted by Satan himself. Now understand... You were tempted by one of his minions. Not those minions. Not the cute ones. No. <laughs> by one of his demons. Because demons are fallen angels. Satan has a network of fallen angels or demons that do his dirty work, etc. So you were tempted by Satan in effect but probably not by him directly. You see the devil is not the equal of God. The devil can only be in one place at one time. But here is my point The devil himself came looking for Peter. But Jesus then says, I have prayed for you. And I want you to know that the Bible says Christ lives to make intercession for you at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is in effect praying for you. (laughs) So the next time the devil comes knocking at your door, send Jesus to answer it. That's what happened here. I prayed for you, Peter, that your faith would not fail for when you have returned, you'll strengthen your brothers. Returned? Lord, Peter says. Uh, I'll, I'll go to prison for you. I'll die for you. Well, since you brought it up, rock, um, you're gonna deny that you knew me three times. So he warned Peter. That brings us to Peter's first step down. And I would say that this particular attitude is at the root of any and every person who has ever fallen away from the faith or any person who has ever stumbled or fallen. I don't care what the particular sin is they're involved in. It always starts here. And it's self-confidence. Self-confidence. Verse 33. He said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus said, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you knew me. According to Matthew's gospel, Peter added this detail. Even if all are made to stumble, I will never be made to stumble. Careful now. You look at someone who falls into a sin, you'd say, I'd never do that. I'd never be unfaithful to my wife. I'd never become an alcoholic. I'd never become a drug addict. I'd never do that thing. Hold on now, buckaroo. You have the capacity to do that and much worse. And it's when we think, I'll never do that, that you're trusting in yourself instead of trusting in God. The Bible says pride goes before a fall and an arrogant spirit before destruction. So this simply means that I go through life aware of the fact of my weakness and my vulnerability and my propensity to do the wrong thing. As the old song says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. Self-confidence. And that leads to the next step down, prayerlessness. Now I don't even know if prayerlessness is a word. How many of you think it could be a word? Raise your hand. Okay, we have a quorum. It's a word. Uh, Prayerlessness. Just not praying about things. Look at Luke 22 verse 39. Coming out he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed and his disciples followed him to the place and he said to them, pray that you enter not into temptation. Now this place being referred to by Luke is the Garden of Gethsemane. As he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. When he rose from prayer, he came to his disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said, Why did you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation." So this second sin of prayerlessness was a direct result of the first sin of self-confidence. Jesus said specifically, you guys, you need to pray. (laughs) And they decided to sleep instead. And so they're sleeping when they should have been praying. And you know, understand this. Not praying about something can actually be a sin. It's a sin of omission. A sin of commission is doing what you should not do. A sin of omission is not doing what you should do. Because the Bible says to him that knows to do good and does not do it to him it is sin. So what do we do instead of pray a lot of the time? We worry. Like that's gonna really help, worrying. But yet we are told in Philippians, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And the peace of God that passes all human understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we don't pray, oh I can handle this God. I'll fix that Lord. Wait a second. Pray about it. Lord, I need your help right now. I need your provision right now. I need your healing right now. I've tried to fix my marriage Lord. And it's only gotten worse. And I'm at the point now where I'm tired of trusting in myself and I'm calling out to you, Lord, heal my marriage. By the way, this is not a personal statement I'm making right now. (laughs) I'm just sort of putting myself in someone else's shoes. But every marriage could always use some help, including mine, right? And yours. But maybe your marriage is hanging by a thread and the thread's on fire or I thought I could overcome this addiction and I've tried on my own strength but I keep falling back into it Lord help me see that's the idea you're calling out to God in prayer
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with important counsel to help us seek the Lord in those times of desperation and there's more insight to come as this study continues tomorrow. Hope you can join us as we hear insights drawn from Peter's denial of Christ, looking at the steps to spiritual decline and how to avoid them. That's tomorrow, same time, right here on A New Beginning. This is the day, the day when life begins. Now for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called... How to Never Stumble or Fall. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call one 800 Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.